This podcast is sponsored by Allianz Investment Management, LLC, issuer of defined outcome ETFs that give investors a level of risk mitigation to help them navigate current and future markets. As part of the Allianz Group, one of the largest asset management and diversified insurance companies in the world, Allianz Investment Management, LLC, maintains a long track record of developing and executing risk management strategies across the globe. Investors should consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses carefully before investing. For a prospectus with this and other information, visit AllianceIM.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Funds are distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. Hello and welcome to Inside ETFs, the podcast where we bring the latest and greatest ETF industry perspectives directly to you through in-depth discussions with key thought leaders from across the ETF ecosystem. I'm your host, Douglas Jonas, the head of exchange-traded products at the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. Now, today I'm joined by none other than Jonathan Crane. John is the founder and chief executive officer of Crane Shares, an asset management firm with over $15 billion in assets under management, delivering China-focused exchange-traded funds to investors worldwide. CraneShares focuses on providing expert access and products for investors to gain exposure to China's capital markets. John, thank you so much for being here. Doug, thanks so much. I really appreciate being here. And, and thanks to, for all your, your support and your stock exchange support over the years. So, John, every story has a good beginning. Yours begins before ETFs. So I want you to share with everyone how you got started personally working in China. Absolutely, yeah. No, so so uh, so Crane Shares is uh, uh, very focused on China um, as, as a company, and it really began um, when I lived in China. So uh, after business school, I moved over to China in the early two thousands, um, and I was really just fascinated uh, by all the opportunities that China presented as it was opening up, um, and really went over there as an entrepreneur and lived in Shanghai for five years and was involved in a, a media entertainment company, actually a different industry there, um, really helping uh, China open up uh, for a lot of international content leading up to the Beijing Olympics. Uh, but why living there, um, you know, really got, uh, you know, very confident doing business in China, um, working with the Chinese government and, and met a lot of friends over there too. And uh, just saw all these incredible growth trends happening in China technology, consumer. A lot of it was, um, you know, triggered by urbanization, all these people moving to cities and um, just, uh, you know, kind of fell in love with in an entrepreneurial way, um, uh, all the opportunity happening in China. And uh, we built up a, a successful consumer business, consumer focused business there and learned a lot and, and wanted to continue that effort as we moved back. And my, my wife and I lived over there. We actually had our our first child in Shanghai. And about a year later, we, we decided to move back to New York City, and, uh, but just had such a great experience there that I wanted to continue my work focus and career focus uh, in doing business around China. And that's where um, I started thinking about you know, uh, crane shares and, and, and the asset management business. Um, so it was really crane shares. The, the beginning of it was really my, my five years living in China. And, you know, you and I have a bit of shared history, right? My family, we also had a chance to live in Hong Kong, spent a lot of time in China. And, and it is interesting, right, for the U.S. perspective, we end up just getting these sort of sound bites and headlines about China. But until you're there and living it, you know, you, it, it's hard 
to, to explain to someone the power and size of industry, the power and size of the economics, right, in size and scope, and, and frankly, willingness to push forward, right, with, with technology, with, with just about every sector. So, so I know you've, you've explained some of that to me. You've seen this opportunity. What, what was the transition? You're talking about media companies, and now all of a sudden you're talking about ETFs. How, how does that happen? Yeah. So, so when I got back to the States and I started really focusing more on money flows happening between US and China and China diversifying globally uh, for the first time, and then US investors very underallocated China in their portfolios. So I saw this sort of crisscross of asset flows that I thought would significantly increase going forward. And I started looking at how I could build businesses in those asset flows. Okay. And so we started at, this is, you know, as, as an entrepreneur uh, looking for mega trends um, and we identified two mega trends. One was China uh, financial markets and, and really the, the opening up of those financial markets where, um, uh, you know, global investors would have more access in. And then we also saw that China had never been included in global indexes, which we, we knew how to change. Second largest economy in the world has to go into global indexes like MSCI and Bloomberg. So we, we anticipated that would happen. So one mega trend we identified was the opening up of the China financial markets. The second mega trend was ETFs. And we saw that as a, a fast growing uh, product type. And this is back in uh, 2011 when we, when we started looking at this. So we decided to move forward. And then as we looked at the industry, you know, you had uh, three back then, three major ETF companies, uh, BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. I think they, they dominated 90% of the, of the industry. So how do you do an entry strategy into that type of environment? And we saw focus. If we focused on China only, okay, and it, it, we, we thought that was a big opportunity, but it, there are a lot of other companies were not that focused on it. And that's where we, you know, that, that laser focus, we thought that we could do a market entry and we launched Crane Shares in 2013 listing, starting to list funds on the New York Stock Exchange. So if you're an entrepreneur listening in, I, I hope you caught some of those key tips about the way John and his team have continued to innovate and build and the types of strategies they're going for. And by the way, if you're not as familiar with the history of the China equity markets, by no means was anyone in 2011, maybe other than John, saying what you just said, which is, oh, it has to open up. Those equity markets were considered closed with almost no signs of opening up. And when we mean opening up, uh, the ability for John and his team to build ETFs that actually buy shares of companies listed in China versus buying Chinese companies listed in the US or Chinese companies listed in Hong Kong. So uh, you were seeing a vision that I think a lot of other people in the world weren't seeing. Yeah, no, Doug, I, I appreciate that. And it was also, I, I really think the, uh, the importance of living in China, you know, sort of boots on the ground for five years, where you really understand uh, the culture, you see the growth trends, you see the growth, but you also, being on the ground, you see the, uh, you, you see the ambition, okay? Um, and a lot of hope in China with with people there and, and opportunity, and it's and it and then you have the this 1.4 billion population that is has a lot of upward mobility coming back to the states. I had a lot of enthusiasm and excitement where I saw that U.S. investors should own more of China in their portfolios. It would be more beneficial to U.S. and global in investors to keep increasing China because 
I, I just really believe in, in long-term growth happening in that country. Um, and so we, we, we started a, a business that really at, at the beginning was all about education, you know, providing, you know, uh, a, you know, education uh, about China, about its markets, about its economy, about all the different exchanges that, you know, uh, Chinese companies are listed on and, and, you know, kind of figuring out uh, and simplifying investing in China. But really, the way we've looked at investing in China over the last 20 years is really you, you look for um, strong government policy. And where there's strong government policy, Chinese government policy, the Chinese government's usually investing into those themes or sectors uh, or companies. Um, and so that's sort of a, a macro uh, way to look at it. And then you start designing products around that government policy. And that's where we listed our first fund. Uh, which is KWEB, KWEB, which is now our flagship, but it was really the first fund to have a be a pure play around China e-commerce and technology, which was a big government policy. Okay. And it's today that that fund's grown a lot and, and performed very well, but it's really how consumer, the 1.4 billion consumer is how they're buying goods and services and communicating is through the the companies that are 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 in the KWEB portfolio. So here we are. All of, of John's bets in 2011 have paid off. Uh, you've got the Chinese equity markets open. You've got the Chinese fixed income markets open. Uh, you've got ETFs over $7 trillion invested in ETFs in the US, over 1,700 ETFs on the New York Stock Exchange. And then, of course, uh, more and more investors realizing and recognizing what you just said, John, which is they're, they tend to be underexposed to economies outside of the US. So tell us now here we are, right? It's it's getting into the end of the year of 2021. We see a lot of these headlines about China, right? Little snippets are are the are and a lot of those are negative. Let's just put it out there. Are those opportunities? Do you sit there and see those as, hey, this is the opportunity for investors to be looking at the Chinese markets? Are those warning signs that investors should be thinking about the, the markets in a different way? You know, how do you see how, how do you see this playing out? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we always approach um, China long term. We, we believe in the long term growth of China and it's it's a buy and hold investment. Um, and there will be news and volatility along the way. OK, but long term, we, we think it's going to be very um, stable, solid growth. And, and just because of the, uh, the, the trends and the data there to support that. And we've seen that in our, our track record of our funds, too, is is. Is, um, is, is this long-term growth. Absolutely, um, it's an emerging market, even though it's the second largest economy in the world, will be the largest economy in the world in the, in the coming years. It's still considered in that emerging market where there'll be, there'll be volatility. And, and so we, we, we see when we've seen this headline news come out, um, it, it's, you know, in, in this you know, sort of pullback in the China markets, we've, we've always seen that as an op buying opportunity. OK, because it, it does come back and it creates uh, very um, um, interesting entry points for investors. So something like that has happened in the last uh, four or five months where the markets have pulled back. And th this time around, we, we do see investors coming into China. They look at this as a buying opportunity. Um, so there's actually even with the pullback in the markets, a lot of inflow has come um, into our funds. Yeah, it's really interesting. And, and, you know, if we take a step down the layer and say, okay, how about between equities and fixed income? Is your opinion the same when it comes to Chinese bonds versus Chinese stocks? 
Yeah, I mean, it's actually interesting. You have the second largest equity market in the world with, with, with China with their exchanges. And then, but it's also the second largest bond market in the world. I think it's a $12, $13 trillion bond market now with very interesting um, yields being offered. Um, and, uh, you know, especially in the policy bank, uh, government bond area. And then, you know, and then, uh, and then also in credits. Um, so we, we think, um, we, we look at China now as an asset class where you should have an equity allocation and also a, a fixed income allocation. That has been helped a lot by the inclusion of China in these global indexes. MSCI included the, the mainland A share market in its global indexes. And now Bloomberg has included um, the China bond market, the interbank bond market in its global indexes. So global investors are buying it and, and also creating um, you know, full sort of asset allocation around China as an asset class. And of course, uh, for those looking at actual ETFs, you could go to craneshares.com. John's team has put together all of their different ETFs and educational materials on, on their website. John, you, you know, you spent the better part of two decades going in and out of China. I have to ask, how much Chinese do you speak? Yeah, so um, I, I think I started trying to learn the language a little too late in life. Uh, but when I lived there, I definitely picked up, you know, some of the language and, uh, you know, did my best to, you know, uh, to learn, but uh, I, I'm not, uh, you know, in business situation, I'm not very conversational. I, I can sit in a meeting, understand a little bit, but uh, I have my, my, my kids are learning Chinese now. So I, I'm giving them that benefit. That's fantastic. Uh, any, anything you want to say quickly in Mandarin to all of our Chinese? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to. It's okay. <laughs> okay. You we'll do it, that one. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, how about how about you know just general culture, right? Or do you have a favorite food? Like hey, you know, hey, I'm going into Beijing, I'm going to go get this, or I yeah, can't like absolutely. So in in Beijing, uh, Peking duck. I mean, that's where where it's from, and they you get the best Peking duck there. So it, it's always a treat when we do that. So that, I would say that's my favorite. How about Szechuan? How do you do with the spice? enjoy it it's it's good okay. it's good yeah, yeah I, I said that one time and uh and my team took me out for like real szechuan and and they tried to make me cry and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna just put it out there i cried a little bit with the spice I challenged you <laughs> i enjoyed every minute of it that's uh, great how about a funny story anything interesting you'd love to share with the audience about your travels in and out of asia it's been it was such a journey um and it, i should call it an adventure to to live in in china it, it's just a you know it was Five years and uh, a very special time, part of my life and my in my wife's life, and you know just the the ability to you know just meet you know good friends from you know from that region and just experience a lot of different cultures. So we you know we spent a lot of time in mainland China and and, and you know explored a lot of the cities across mainland China. You go outside of the Beijing and Shanghai, there's just some really interesting, beautiful places. Um, but then also uh, being able to uh, go to other countries, you know, across uh, Southeast Asia and and, uh, um, and and greater Asia, you know, just, uh, you know, the, it, it just, you know, sort of it supported also our our thesis around around, uh, you know, the opportunities in China, which also, you know, in, encompass Asia um, as China is a big part of Asia. So we learned a lot and, and we, we got to meet a lot of great friends there. So it's it will always be an important part of our life. And now I, um, I, you know, since we moved back, we, we travel over there at least, you know, six to seven times a year too. 
Yeah. So if you're listening and, and need travel tips, you can reach out to John to talk about his ETF <laughs> travel. Uh, John, I, w- yep. I want to go back to the ETF side, right? Uh, if you're an advisor listening in, I think it'd be an interesting question for them of, do, do you feel as a builder of ETFs that ETFs are bought? Or do you feel as though as, an, as a builder, you actually have to go out and sell them? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's interesting. The way we started this company um, in 2013 was, uh, I mentioned this before, was about education. So we, we approach all, all, you know, all of our external meetings and, 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 and you know, client touch, you know, with, with, it's all about education and, uh, and talking about all, all the opportunities in China, what's going on in China, whether it's good news or, or, or sometimes challenging news, but, you know, be out there with, with that education and be reliable source about it too. But in doing it every day. So all we do is China. Like that's that's what we focus on. Whether the markets are up or down, we're there for clients uh, with that education. And I think that we've built that trust now over the last eight years that we're, we're credible about China, but we, we fall through about it. I mean, that's, that, that's, uh, you know, that, that's the focus. So I don't know if we I, I, we look at it as buying or, or selling ETFs. You provide the education, you provide the opportunity for advisors and investors, and then they you know when, when you do that enough, they'll make the decision uh, whether they, they they see that as something that can benefit them. So you know, it's, I think education is the best way to to grow your business. Do you, do you have an, a favorite ETF? Yeah. So out of our, you know, uh, you know, we, I, I like, um, I like all of our ETFs and when we, uh, we, we do, you know, when we do product development, we really believe in the, in the, in the thesis of them and, and the opportunity and that they can play a important role within portfolios. So, you know, our first ETF we, we launched was obviously a, it's always a special place in my heart because it how we l- launched the company and that was, you know, the, the Crane Shares China Internet ETF, that's KWeb. And, you know, that's, um, you know, that that's always special. I like um, also we're, we're getting more focused on climate and ESG around China. And then we've also started going into the carbon space, uh, which uh, China will, you know, will have the, the largest carbon credit markets. Um, but we also have a global carbon credit fund, K, KBRN. But I think one of our one of my favorite funds is KGRN, which is our China Clean Technology ETF. And again, that you know, um, you know, climate is an important uh, global issue. Um, China takes it very seriously, and they have ambition um, to be carbon neutral as a country by 2060. But again, they've they've created very strong government policy, okay, uh, to support the growth of the clean technology industry and. They have to because you have, um, you know, urbanization taking place with hundreds of millions of people moving to sit. You have to create healthy green environments for all these people to live in and lower carbon, lower pollution and, and really transition into renewables. And so you create opportunities in, in electric vehicles, for instance, in China, where China you know, is the largest auto market in the world. Twenty five million cars are sold a year. But electric vehicles within that market is growing very quickly and adopting very quickly because of this government policy. So you have the you'll have the largest not only auto market in the world but the largest EV market in the world. Um, we we want our our clients to have exposures to those type of companies that are growing, and it's not just the 
electric vehicle companies, but it's the whole ecosystem around EV and, and new energy mobility. Um, and that's uh, around battery and, and, uh, and, and, and other, other types of technologies. And then you have solar and wind and you know, uh, other areas where, where in renewables where China's growing quickly, where there's a lot of support and investment going into. So KGRN captures all that. And so that's uh, a fund where I think can offer great returns, but also um, is really helping um, the environment. And, and fun fact, uh, when if, if you want to know how serious John Crane is about that side of the market, when he came in to ring the, the bell at the New York Stock Exchange for, for KRBN, he didn't ring the bell. He had former uh, Secretary of, of State John Kerry, who yes. didn't ring the bell. So John Kerry rang, rang the bell, currently serving, by the way, as the first United States Special Presidential Envoy for Climate. So when John Crane is serious about uh, building a climate ETF, he's serious about the climate ETF. Okay, I have to ask the other way, which is, you know, you've launched a handful of ETFs. And is there any in the lineup that you look at and say, wow, th- this should have already taken off. People should know about this. This should be just in everyone's you know, thoughts or portfolio, whatever way you want to look at it. And you're just sort of surprised it hasn't taken off. Yeah. So I, I'll go back. KGRN should, should um, you know, I, I think should be in, in, uh, in more investor portfolios. KGRN is our, is our China clean technology ETF. So I, I just talked about that. So that, that is one um, that um, we really believe in. And, um, and, uh, you know, you know, so I, I kind of go back to KGRN on that question. Got it. OK, uh, we're going into the end of the year, John. What should an advisor prepare for when they start thinking about how they're allocating their portfolios for 2022? Yeah, I, I think um, there's there's first of all, um, we, we there's a lot of long term opportunity in China and we think that um, the the markets have, have come down a little bit. A lot of it has been news related, okay, around China, um, and I think it creates um, interesting uh, entry points now, value type of entry points. So, and that's both in in um, in equity and and fixed income. So, um, I think that you know we, we've we've been exp- seeing you know China portfolios. You know, you know, US, I should say U.S. portfolios. The you know, China. We we see either one to five percent of the portfolio could be China. We believe that allocators uh, should be increasing that. And you have what what is China? You have the Asia market, but then you have the Greater China market too. And so you have sort of your core China, and then we always believe in the thematic approach to China. Um, you know, funds like, uh, you know, KWeb, funds like KGRN, um, that you can create these satellites around uh, core China, which is either your, you know, your sort of A-share, which we have KBA, or your your all China, uh, like K-A-L-L. Um, and then you build, you know, thematic satellites around that uh, for, for growth. We, we think, um, you know, c- continue to build those positions, we, we think is, is, is going to be a smart path forward. All right, now I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Do you know your Chinese zodiac sign? I do. It's um, it's monkey actually. The monkey. Okay. Now, uh, if if you look at what the personality of the monkey should be, you know, and we and we read that it says they should be things like mischievous, mischievous curiosity, 
and cleverness, which can sometimes make them very naughty. Does that describe Jonathan Crane? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, um, but I think also uh, funny, Doug, but I think monkeys also is, is represents uh, optimism. Okay. And sort of uh, uh, like go getter type of attitude also. And, um, and so when I, when I've researched monkey, I think those, um, you know, they, uh, you know, sort of are, are, are qualities that I have, um, especially as a, as an entrepreneur and, uh, um, you have to stay very positive and you have to, um, definitely be a go-getter. So, um, I think those, uh, those are better ones, uh, around monkey. I like it. Stay positive, lots of energy, look for the bright things in life and, and go out there and, and make a difference just like Jonathan Crane has. That's a wrap on this edition of the Inside ETFs podca- podcast. Uh, Jonathan Sheshe, or thank you for being here <laughs> to share your insights. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes featuring thought leaders from across the ETF ecosystem. I'm Douglas Jonas, head of exchange traded funds at the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. 